Happy Friday, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Liberty Update. Just wanted to remind you that all of these stories can be found on conventionofstates.com. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on all that we're doing to call the first ever Convention of States. In today's episode, we'll highlight Texas's new border czar, Wyoming and Montana updates, and how George Soros is playing a part in our difficulties, the House voting to end foreign travel vax mandates, and two new polls from our partners at the Trafalgar Group on the Chinese spy balloon and the Super Bowl. Perhaps the greatest joke of Joe Biden's federal government was putting Kamala Harris in charge of border security, a job she evidently does not take very seriously. But where DC has failed, the states are now stepping up to take matters into their own hands. America's VP, the so-called border czar, has essentially supervised a steadily worsening immigration crisis, offering few solutions and even fewer coherent, well-constructed opinions. Who can forget her notorious interview with Lester Holtz? The New York Times reported that since Kamala embarrassingly quipped, I haven't been to Europe, she has shied away from doing public interviews. After her disastrous interview with Lester Holt in June 2021, in which she struggled to articulate the administration's strategy for securing the border, the New York Times reported, White House officials, including some in her own office, noted that she all but went into a bunker for about a year, avoiding many interviews out of what aides said was a fear of making mistakes and disappointing Mr. Biden. Truly one of the most important political issues of the day is in the hands of someone who is not even capable of having an intelligible conversation with the press. Her office has long been marked by dysfunction. Even CNN noted that the president's office has largely thrown up its hands at Vice President Kamala Harris and her staff, and that dysfunction no doubt marks her response or lack thereof to the southern border crisis. But Kamala's dysfunction is indicative of a much bigger problem, the federal government's dysfunction. Yes, Kamala Harris may be bad at her job, but she is simply playing her part in a broken system that is bad at its job. The federal government under Mr. Biden has almost single-handedly created our nation's present border crisis, yet despite polling that confirms a majority of voters want the president to close the southern border until immigration issues are fixed, D.C. has refused to act, condemning the American people to suffer the consequence. But that's where the states come in. In response to Harris's failed management, Texas recently announced that it had hired its own border czar, notably someone who is actually competent. For nearly two years, the state of Texas has taken unprecedented historic action in response to the Biden administration's refusal to secure the border, Governor Greg Abbott declared. To continue doing what no other state in the history of our country has done to secure the border, I hired Mike Banks as the state of Texas's first ever border czar. As an award-winning border patrol agent with decades of federal law enforcement and border security experience, Mike is the perfect choice to oversee Texas's fight against the surge of illegal immigration, lethal drugs, and deadly weapons flowing into our state and nation. I have no doubt that Mike's strong record of leadership and wealth of experience will provide Texans and Americans the level of border security expertise they deserve from a proper border czar. This proper border czar responded 
Protecting our nation's border is something I have dedicated the last 23 years of my life to, and I am very passionate about it. Although born out of dysfunction, Texas's efforts to combat Joe Biden's immigration crisis encapsulate a healthy system of federalism at work. Where the federal government falters, the states step in to protect their constituents. While Texas is the first state to hire its own border czar, other states such as Florida have also worked to slow down or end illegal immigration. If Kamala has accomplished anything over the past two years, it has proved that the states must assert their power over Washington. And thanks to an Article 5 Convention of States, we have the opportunity to do just that. And thankfully, this week in Wyoming, we made tremendous gains towards calling that first convention. Bringing you some exciting news for your Friday, the Wyoming Senate passed the Convention of States Resolution in a 17 to 13 vote this week. This makes the Wyoming Senate the first chamber to pass the resolution so far this year. Our very own Mark Meckler appeared before a Wyoming Senate committee twice last week to explain why we need to use Article 5 to rein in the federal government. The committee recommended passage to the Senate floor, and then after three rounds of readings and votes, we secured passage on Monday. So now it will go on to the House side before Wyoming can become the 20th state to call for a convention. Wyoming Senator Evie Brennan was elected to the Wyoming Senate this past November after former Senator Rick Santorum, who is our senior advisor here at Convention of States, inspired her to run for office. Well, she was the last senator to speak before the final vote, and she advocated for Convention of States in what she said was a vote for our children and their children and their future. She has an inspiring story and has been connected to Convention of States for a long time. And she actually brought her daughter to a Convention of States hearing. And she has a story on that, which you can actually hear on our YouTube page when she discussed this on COS Live on episode 229. But switching gears to a little bit of a gloomier subject matter, last week, Montana voted in favor of the Convention of States resolution on its second reading in the Senate. Well, we thought we had it in the bag until one of two Democrats who voted flipped on us for the third and final reading the next day. Ultimately, the Convention of States resolution failed by a tie vote of 25 to 25. And just days later, we received reports that the George Soros-funded group Common Cause came out of the woodwork to claim responsibility for the Senate's rejection in a fundraising email. I'll just read a little bit of what they are trying to profit off of. Quote, With your help, we stopped Montana's call for a convention by a single vote just this week. And before that, we rescinded them in New Jersey, Illinois, Colorado, New Hampshire, Delaware, New Mexico, Maryland, and Nevada, in addition to stopping nearly 150 new calls for a convention each year in states across the country. They went on to say, here's a reminder of what's at stake, our right to peacefully protest, freedom of religion, our right to privacy, essentially the Bill of Rights. And then they say, even though it may sound far-fetched, it is entirely possible. 
The organization's efforts prove its executives have no problem with the way things are conducted at this very moment in the swamp, because they are actually located downtown, right in the swamp, one block from the White House. This is just more fear-evoking rhetoric attempting to instill cynical feelings towards calling for a convention of states. So, with that, it's disappointing for the Montana state team, but for critical thinkers and everybody well aware of the federal government's destructive actions, these lies are easily dismissible. It's funny that the motivation to roadblock our mission has become a strategy and a goal of today's elitists in opposition to power restrictions on the federal government. And in case you aren't totally familiar with Common Cause, they are one of 250 progressive institutions that have joined together in an effort to stop a convention of states. Several different organizations, nonprofits that are funded and backed by George Soros and of other billionaire leftist elitists are always attempting to block our efforts to bring power back to the people. Other organizations include Planned Parenthood, Democracy 21, La Raza, Sierra Club. They're all in it together. We must keep pushing to get the Convention of States resolution passed. We got to get it past the finish line in Wyoming, and then we have a lot more work to get done in many other state legislatures. We are making good progress in New Hampshire and Virginia as well, so stay tuned and we'll let you know as we make more progress. We're super encouraged by the progress we've made in Wyoming and excited to announce more good news from the House of Representatives this week. This week, the House of Representatives helped dismantle the government's web of vaccine mandates, voting 227 to 201 to end the vaccine mandate for foreign travelers. According to one media outlet, the requirement that most foreign air travelers be vaccinated against COVID-19 is one of the few remaining pandemic travel restrictions still in place. Of course, if the government had its way, we'd all be vaccinated and triple boosted by now. And those of us who dared dissent would be without livelihoods for such is the way of our benevolent big brother who means only to take care of us. Since early 2020, the federal government has used COVID-19 as a front for coercing the American people into compliance. President Joe Biden in particular has erected unconstitutional mandates to punish those who failed to inject experimental drugs into their bodies. Thankfully, many of these mandates on both the state and federal level have since been struck down, and the victory this week in the House is another step in that direction. The legislation, authorized by Representative Thomas Massey, will now make its way to the U.S. Senate, where its chances of passing unfortunately seem very slim. But why is it that Congress is so stubborn to relinquish control? Drunk on power, they would rather abuse their authority than watch compulsory mandates die. This is why, no matter how many good votes Congress casts, it will never be enough. A force outside of Congress must be mustered to act upon the federal government to end its abuse. And that's exactly why the states are rallying together to call an Article 5 Convention of States where we the people, by the Constitution, could reign in the power and jurisdiction of the U.S. government once and for all. Nineteen states have already passed resolutions calling for a convention, and several more are currently considering legislation. 
The founders gave us this tool for such a time as this. If we want not only to end current abuses of power, but also to ensure that Washington is never again allowed to mandate medical tyranny, we must call an Article 5 Convention of States. Convention of States Action partners with the Trafalgar Group to bring you some interesting polling data from across the nation. This week, we focused on the Super Bowl and the Chinese spy balloon, which both brought in some very interesting statistics. In terms of the spy balloon, Americans on both sides of the aisle think the way our president handled the Chinese spy balloon incident makes the country appear weak on the world stage. The majority of voters disapprove of how Biden handled the Chinese spy balloon incident, and about 59% of voters believe that the handling of the Chinese spy balloon not only made us look weak, but should have been handled sooner. Yet the administration opted to allow the intelligence balloon to fly from the northwest all the way to the southeast. So it probably gathered all of the information it was seeking. And most voters disagree with the course of action our federal government took, which was no action for several days on end. On the topic, Mark Meckler said, quote, America would be better off if President Biden and his administration spent less time telling us people's pronouns and pushing far left initiatives and more time on the important business of actually running our nation, end quote. Well, yeah, that's true. Less pronouns would be better, and more national security may, you know, be better. Mackler also added that China is the greatest threat to America since the Soviet Union, and they are laughing at us. As we head into the Super Bowl weekend, we also asked voters what they think of politics in football. A huge majority say that politics and cultural statements are not welcome during the game's coverage this weekend. Only 10% disagree. So the large majority of both Democrats and Republicans, plus independents, all want to enjoy the game without the political push. Well, in all honesty, that's not too likely in today's culture and knowing the track record of the NFL. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, and in our next episode, we'll have to quote-unquote circle back to politics in this Sunday's game. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate your dedication to Convention of States, and we look forward to bringing you your need-to-know news again next week.